morning, good morning, good morning. Um, not such a great day for Dolphin fans. Tough morning to be a Dolphin fan this morning with the uh, colossal collapse that happened in the last four minutes of the game. Uh, uh, hard to hard to fathom, but uh, they wake up where all of the stuff that was talked about before the game is basically null and void. <laughs> yeah. I thought your uh, I thought your post this morning um, was just you know so spot on. And you, you you every choice you make, every play, every whatever it is, man, it all leads to the sum. You know. Well, yeah, like all the talking heads this morning will be will point to certain plays. They'll point to one. They'll point to this decision or that decision. And we do that as human beings. We do that. We look back on a failure and we go, oh, if we would have done that. Thing differently, it would have given us a different result. But that's yeah. not really the case. Right. It's a sum of all of the decisions. It's yeah. a sum of all of them. And realistically, they didn't play good enough to win last night. You Across know, the board, they didn't play good enough to win. So you know that you. that happens, right? Teams have bad nights, bad games, whatever. I think what bothered me the most about the whole thing when that guy threw his helmet and they got the penalty. I was like, he deserves to be fine big time. Like, that is like what don't you a child know? throwing a temper tantrum. You know you can't do that, but you did it anyway. thousand percent. It cost them majorly, right? Yeah. But I will say that if you listen to what happened after that on the sideline, he went up to every single defensive player and apologized. And apologized. Every yeah. single one of them, one by one, and said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then he did go on to play like a maniac for the rest. I said of the that game. to Mike. I said he, yeah. he needs to apologize to every member of his How team. How cool is that that he did? I mean, that yeah. speaks volumes to Bradley Chubb and the kind of human being he is. But at the end of the day, the Dolphins take an L. They set themselves back, and uh, that's the reality you live with today. You got to go. And you know what? You come back next Sunday, and like Jake said this morning, you win win out. You're still in the driver's seat. You know, yep. so, you know, it's uh, you take it, you digest it. Uh, one of the things that Tua said in the in the post game, which is so real, it is hard to win in the NFL. You know, it's hard it, to win, period. I don't care what it is. Right. So I will say that I was having a conversation with somebody. I'm not going to give names or context, but they were talking about a goal for an organization. Right. And, and they were they were 20 people or they were 20 deals away from reaching their goal for the year with two weeks to go, which it's over, Johnny. Like you're not getting 20 <laughs> deals in two weeks. So but this person who had very little context of the business or like relationship to the business says, well, it's just a number. Right. If you could do if you could. It's just a number. You could do 50. You could do 20. And I was like, how? How just senseless is that to say for the people who are responsible for doing that? It's a hard thing to do. Have some respect for how difficult it is to do. They're not going to hit the goal. That's a reality you have to deal with. But don't just pass it off like it's just a number. And it's just it's not just winning. It's not just beating the Tennessee Titans. It's hard to fucking do. Which, doesn't matter who. These are professional athletes. You have are, to, I, and I don't. It doesn't matter. Like winning is hard. Being successful is hard. Being disciplined is hard. Having consistency is hard. So like you have to accept that as a reality. And 
and that's where I think things get a little skewed. We're like, oh, should have beat a four and seventeen. Like, relax, man. They're the NFL football players, and they all and come they're a couple of planes away from being seven and four. You know, so it's right. uh, it, it's very interesting. But I loved your perspective. A couple of shout outs, Mike Vaccara. Thank you so much for the invite to your uh, tailgate party. Uh, Miss Helen is at the doctor this morning, uh, getting her Achilles uh, attended to. So, uh, you know, did I miss my invitation from him? He's the best. Man. He's like, <laughs> I mean, seriously, Mark, did you get one? I did get an invite. I just oh, didn't realize that I was going to have to battle the war zone that was the turnpike on the way. Oh, crazy! <laughs> my, game. My, oh, I'm just kidding. I left my house at six thinking that like, okay, like I'll give it like 45 minutes or so, right? Over an hour to get to the stadium from the house. It was, it was crazy. There were a lot of cars. I mean, I'm used to on a Sunday, if we leave an hour before kickoff, it's 45 minutes door to seat. I'm in the building, in my seat, ready for kickoff. So it was a significantly different environment going to the game last night with the mix of rush hour traffic and everything else. Yeah. One last sports uh, story, which I think is pretty relevant. You know, I, we shared earlier in the month that people are using, you know, this buy now, pay for it later mentality. And the Dodgers took that to the <laughs> degree. They signed a $700 million deal of which – Two million will be paid every year for the first ten years, and That's then amazing. the rest. <laughs> yeah, they they basically so, backloaded six hundred and eighty. So his million his dollars. agent is very smart because he doesn't have to pay California taxes on six hundred and eighty million dollars. That's, That's crazy. Exactly right. You know, and my it problem- allows them to build a team around him. So, like, and that's another thing. It's like, okay, yeah, he signed a big contract but he still did what was best for the team and allowing them to have, you know, room and cash to go get players around him to win a championship. So very cool. Very, very yeah, cool. My father signed in baseball for $3,000. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, that was a long time ago, obviously, but world. it's crazy where it's gone. Anyway, we got a great show today. We're going to talk about the trends that are happening as we go into 2024. Uh, but before we do that, I'm Steve Noodleberg. That's Mark Noodleberg. That's Lori Salarillo. For those of you who are new to the huddle, which we hear from you every day, welcome aboard. We do this every morning. We bring it to you live and in charge. Shay, wake us up. So I, I am remiss. I did not introduce Shay yes. to you, uh, Jake. I can ask you why. Nothing, <laughs> happens, nothing happens without Shay. I mean, it was, uh, you know, uh, he is the backbone. And so, Shay, thank you for driving last night because, you know, for me, you know, driving home at midnight, you know, that's way out of my comfort zone. So, um, so I told you about sales trends. Um, I love reading reports like this. Some of it you believe you get, some of it you don't. Here's what I'll do. 
I will read them one by one and have you comment. How does that oh, sound? I like it. Okay. Okay. So number one, salespeople are leveraging AI to meet their goals. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, no. Why are you so fired up about that, Lori? I love it. I've why do you love it? it? I've been using it now probably whatever, seven, eight months. I write newsletter articles. I write appeal letters. I write stories. Uh, it is, uh, Adrena has done all kinds of research for our social enterprise that would have taken her days, weeks to do. Uh, it, if you're not using it, you are wasting so much time. So that so whether you're nonprofit or for-profit. 81% say it helps them save time on manual tasks. Mark, your thoughts? That, well, that's what it should be used for, right? And I think that's where people get confused and like, okay, how do I leverage AI and to help me in sales? And I think the lazy person goes, oh, well, I'm going to use it to do all of my outreach for me. or I'm going to use it to handle the conversations. No, you should use it to take away all of the mundane tasks and the thing that don't require any kind of personalization. You should have it do all of that. And it should give you a bunch of time back to really spend more time researching and adding more quality to what you choose to do. But it can so, be used for research, too. It's really right. good for researching prospects, right. too. Um, right. And even if you need to personalize, take what they give you and you tweak it is much faster than writing a whole thing. So uh, I love Jay Katari, but Jay, I wholeheartedly disagree with you. I um, disagree. Yeah. The, the, the last mile, as they talk about in logistics, it is the most important you know, when you're delivering packages or customer service or whatever, the last piece of this is that human interaction, which is, you will see in the reports, people are leaning on more. So all of this, and you know, AI is a robot and you a computer, you can't use it verbatim. People are using it verbatim. In LinkedIn, Mark and I and, and the team yesterday went over, you know, the idea that a lot of LinkedIn stuff is is a bot. It's not real. You got to be like, careful. There are, there are people that are buying marketing companies or or marketing engagement that you know they're doing the posting for them, and then when you look into the comments that are showing up in the engagement that should be driving it and giving it good reach, it's all very AI language, right? It's robot language. It's very like pulling this post made me think directly about the video that it said this and it was like wow and every single comment mirrors the one before it so it's really interesting the way that people are trying to leverage it to cheat the system in terms of engagement and comments and things like that so in our meeting yesterday mark shared a story again no names whatever but he laid out more of the process of how to use ai in addition to the rest of the toolbox that we share with people. And the response was, Ooh, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can you imagine? <laughs> That's the comment of the year. None of this replaces the work. None of it. It's never. No, it makes the work better, better. and more better. effective right. and more efficient. Right. And 
And, oh and, and what Jake Atari says is like one person can now do five people's jobs. Absolutely. This should make you leaner as an organization. It should make you more efficient as an organization, but it's not going to remove the human element from sales. So, right? so for me, and I, I explained this to a couple of people yesterday who were really interested in it, is that it cre- it takes the burden of the time it takes me to create that thought and then roll with it. I feed it what I want. I get a bunch of stuff that that speeds up the creative process. But then I still do the creative process. Right. It's just it just work. gives me some context. So anyway, it's very important. If you're not into it, make sure to join us for that um, unfuck withable event that we're doing in January. Number two, sales and marketing alignment is more important. Like what? This is not anything new. Right. I, mean, I was in advertising. <laughs> That's, what I That's what I thought when I read it. I was that. in advertising centuries ago. And when a recession hit, the first thing people thought was, let me cut my marketing. And those were the companies that did not come back as quickly. This is not some, this is not new. <laughs> so, but uh, what I do think wait, is. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Okay. So here's the thing. So the report said last year that it hadn't really changed. Sales is on one side, marketing is on the other. Marketing is making stuff that they win awards for, pretty pictures. You know, sales is saying, give me some shit that I can use. I can tell you firsthand that for 2023, on the ball, sales and marketing has never been more aligned. Yeah. Congratulations, Mark and Jake. And, you know, to the work that we're doing it is aligned. We actually have a real marketing function that supports sales. Well, and so I think that's the key is I had this conversation with one of the leaders that I'm helping build a strategy statement for their department. And he was like, I'm really struggling creating a goal that aligns all five of them. And I was like, that's where the magic is. I was like, if you have five different you know, silos that are all responsible for different goals that don't feed up into one major one. You just got everybody working as independent contractors. Nobody's bought in to doing things that help each other. So I think part of that has to be, what is the goal that both sales and marketing are tied into? Because ultimately it's hard for marketing to be responsible for revenue because they don't get to finish the deal off. And it's hard for sales to be responsible for inbound leads because they're you know busy doing other things that are trying to go out and drive new business development. So how do you marry the two in terms of, are we aligned in what the ultimate goal is? And are we doing things that assist each other throughout the process? Marketing, at least in my opinion, should be should be driving lead, right? Can can definitely affect lead generation, yes. right? Awareness. What do we talk about all the time? Awareness, consideration. You can't get consideration if you don't have the awareness piece, right? And marketing is the chance to tell the story, right? So that when I meet you, you've seen the story, hopefully, right? Or I've got some piece of marketing, well right? Said. Great piece of marketing that tells the story. Yep. It, we're visual, right? Especially with video these days being part of marketing. So I don't know. I I, I think anybody I, who I hasn't think, been connecting these two things for years has 
the conversation has because the the breakdown always becomes well sales tells marketing that the leads are shitty right these leads aren't worth anything they're not any good we're not getting the right things so i think it becomes a conversation of them understanding what is a good lead to turn over what is a good you know how do we open up the relationship in the right way where it's a good handoff to you guys how does that fit into our tactics and our alignment what are our goals? Like I try to stay when we have marketing conversations, I try to tell marketing that if it doesn't involve education or entertainment, it shouldn't probably touch marketing. It should be somebody else's responsibility. So we, you know, we are marketing meetings. There's a representative who's in charge of a program or a group of programs in our marketing meetings, because yep. whether you're selling for money or you're telling the story about your programs, or you're trying to get speakers or mentors or volunteers, it's all the marketing person needs to understand their goals. Thousand percent. So when we talk about goals, you know, one of the, the findings, which I don't think this is a finding, is that, you know, the most successful salespeople or biz dev people are the ones who are investing in high quality conversations. The only way to have high quality conversations is to do the fucking research. Know who you're talking to, man. It's not so we, we just got done with our our sales project for Jewel Toned Interiors. And I hope Joy is here this morning. But Joy sent me a text last night. How, what do I do with all these virtual coffees? You know, like, you know like, what a great problem to have, you know, like, but that's really because she put the right processes in place, because she put the right behaviors in place, she's seeing great success. And now she's like, oh, wait a minute. I got to figure out how to balance all of these new high quality conversations in a way that allows me to manage them properly. So um, the here's one. The sales process will require more touch points. So... Um, we, we've talked about this ad nauseum that it's no longer when I have that first conversation with you, one and done. I got 15 minutes and I'm looking for a transaction. If you are, you show up so obviously unprepared that yep. people yep. are just discarding because the buyer is using AI to research what they need. Yep. You know, so it's, you know, the whole thing has shifted. And so, Mark, speak to me about what multiple touch points could or would look like. Yeah. So it's me, it's the entire journey that somebody is in your world. And so part of that is biz dev and part of that is marketing. So how do you create constant valuable information that people want to receive? That could be through a newsletter, that could be through content, that could be through shows and podcasts and different things that you do. But wh whatever the content strategy is that continues to show up to people is one aspect of it. But the other part of that is the relationship building. How often are you following up with those people on the events that are happening in their lives, in the real world events that are going on that might be affecting them? How often are you showing up for that person to just say, hello, I'm thinking about you, thought this would be good for you. Maybe you saw a good YouTube video and it made you think of that person. So all of these things are touch points that don't necessarily push them to transaction, but to me, that's not what it's about. 
It's how many touch points does it take to build the trust and rapport with somebody so that they feel comfortable to create a transaction for you? Because not everybody's going to have the same amount of touches. So you have to be able to create enough to fit the entire audience. Yeah. Uh, Lori, any comments? <laughs> no, totally agree with what he said. I mean, invite them to an event, right? And ask them to be your guest at something you think they're interested in or, or if, you know, if they're interested in art, take them to... It's, it's all about the touch points. Um, I mean, even from the other side, in our world, right, sponsors want to sponsor something and put together a, a partnership package that has several touch points with the audience that they're trying to reach. Correct. Right? So it's, it's the same props, process even when you're other, on the other side. So I'm going to take that to, the, to another degree and say, if you ask people where they want to be communicated to some people want to still be communicated through Facebook, some through Instagram, more Instagram recently than ever. Some people don't communicate through LinkedIn. They don't check it the way, you know, we're training people to live in it as a networking event. So whatever it is, if it's text, you know, any of the social media channels, if it's video, if it's sharing articles, whatever it is, it is very key. And then, the last thing we'll talk about today, which I think is really, really significant, and I am absolutely going crazy on this, and it says here, existing customers will take priority over new ones. Well, what does that mean to you? It means how do you grow with your existing base, right? Not just keep them in-house, but how do you find ways to expand the partnership with those people and continue to add more value to those relationships. So net new is always important and it's a great way to continue to grow your, your, your business, but it's not the only tactic. And I think focusing on the relationships that you currently have and the relationship and, and current customers, but also relationships. How many relationships do you have that you're not currently doing something with that maybe there's an opportunity to just because you haven't had the conversation in a while? Yeah, we focus not only on existing, but lapsed. We call them lapsed donors, right? Somebody who gave a year ago, but didn't give this year, right? Mm -hmm. Or two years ago and didn't give this year. You already have a relationship with them. It's kind of low hanging fruit. But I will say that most people don't invest. They invest in the sales. They may invest in the marketing. We actually invest in a person who does, their responsibility is stewardship. Yep. Right, which is customer service, basically. So here's my take on it, and, and it'll close us out today. Every single person you know, when they say existing customer, I'd scratch out customer and say existing relationship. Right. Every existing relationship you have knows one person that could be a client of yours. Yep. If you mine that, which we teach people how to do, and use that as a focal point, with all of this bullshit that's going on now with bots and everything like that, it is significantly more difficult to get to somebody cold. Yep. Right. Number one way to yep. meet somebody is to get introduced to them. The minute you get introduced, you start a relevant dialogue, which leads to all opportunities. So, you know, the yep. idea that however many connections you have, they all represent one more opportunity if you focus on that and another reason shay show me um the unfuck withable we will go deep into this when we do this if you're part of our tribe you know you're you're invited if you're not it's a 
very simple $99 uh, investment in yourself to do this. It's January 3rd. I'm super pumped to do this. This has become an annual tradition. And all of the things that we are talking about that are relevant will show up here. And Mark, I think I want you to drive this home in workshop form. Absolutely. And I think that's where I think most people are used to getting a presentation and sitting there for an hour and being inundated with information. This is going to be a workshop. This is where we're going to be able to have some, you know, back and forth with people and coach people through some of the tactics and strategies that we're talking about. So it's a real way for people to get involved and not only learn the information, but start to put it into practice immediately and get the best ways to do it. Love it, love it, love it. Um, we're over time, but that was good. We didn't do motivational music. Shay picked the song. I had no idea. I think it was um, uh, Kane Brown. So maybe we'll play it tomorrow. I don't know. It was great pretty song. cool. So anyway, um, make it a great day. You, only you can make changes. Let's get down to business. Come up, please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak. Friends keep telling me to leave this So let's get down, let's get down to business